0: I am Sharon Johnson, and the most important thing um, about me is not what you see written in that profile. The most important thing about me is that I'm a follower of Jesus. I came into a relationship with Jesus when I was about four and a half years old. I, I, still, I wasn't in kindergarten yet. I remember that. And I think I was feeling a little bit hungry and um, as four-year-olds do all the time, I figured it was snack time. And I went into the living room of my house, and there my mom was, and she was praying. And that's something she often did. And we always kind of went to church, and I went to all the children's stuff that they had, and I knew about how to ask Jesus in my heart. But when I saw her sitting there, kneeling before God, something pricked inside of me. And something said, I want what my mom has. And I just walked to the end of the hallway and I knelt down and I said, Dear Jesus, please come into my heart. And can I tell you, that day, something began to change in here. And for the last 40 years plus, God has been doing something in here for me. And I just am so grateful for the fact that Jesus would come and touch my little life and help me to grow up and get stronger and stronger in him. And that's my prayer and my desire for you this morning that you, no matter how old you are, whether you're 7 or 9 or 10 or 15 or 58 or I hear you guys go up over 80 plus, that you will continue to keep growing stronger in him. As we were singing the song, Um, all the songs, but the one that said break every chain. Since I was three to now, I have recognized that God has the ability to do things that human beings cannot do in their natural strength. He can actually break chains. So you think, okay, so there's a chain on my bicycle. Can he break that? Of course he could. But the most difficult chains to break are sometimes the things going on in our hearts and our minds. Sometimes the ways we think and the things we believe and the stuff that's happened to us is really what keeps us all in chains and knots. And I'm here to tell you that I serve a God who is able to break chains. And we're going to talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But um, I wanted to say to you, welcome from my church, The Gathering Place. We have been praying for one community for years. We know your pastors, your former pastors, your, I guess, founding pastors, Mark and Sharon, Shannon Krimz. Um And when they were church planting, we were too at The Gathering Place, and we kind of walked alongside each other, and we'd pray for you guys. And so to see this place so full and growing and strengthening, We've been praying, and then when we um, heard that they were leaving and you needed new pastors, we started praying again. And in came Pastor Jared and and Haley. And can you can I tell you I've known them for maybe more than ten years. I've known Jared for more than ten years before he had a wife. Um, we were he came to us. I was living in Jamaica at the time, and we were on a missions prog, prog, um, project together in Jamaica, and we got to spend some really good time just working together really hard and sweating a lot and seeing God do amazing things. And so it's neat to actually stand here in front of you, One Community. God is amazing with what he's doing, and and we believe that God is going to continue to strengthen you and build you in what into what he has for you to be as a, as a group of people. I'm excited about your series on the fruit of the spirit and the fruit of the spirit is is one of those tricky kinds of concepts in the bible and i like the way that it's been phrased for you here and and i believe that god wants us to grow in him with evidence problem is in our world that people say one thing and they are another what the package says is not always what's going on deep within us. And God wants us to become authentic people so that what's going on on the inside and what is we say is going on on the inside is exactly the same thing. And so talking about the fruit of the Spirit is one of those ways in, in which it all comes together. We're going to look at a few different passages this morning and I want to begin with your probably your your um, topic passage found in Galatians 5, and 23. I don't know what version or translation of the Bible that you like, but I like the New Living Translation. And this is what it says there. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, which is what we're focusing on today. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. There is no actual law against being all of these good things. But it's funny, sometimes the good things are the hard things to be, isn't it? It's just this natural thing inside of you and me that finds it easier to be something negative instead of something positive. So kindness is our fruit today, the evidence that that is supposed to be in our lives when God's at work. But the reality is that oftentimes kindness is a challenge for us in lots of different ways in our lives. And we want to just talk a little bit about that today. But before we do, I'd like to pray and then maybe do something a little different than what you're used to before I say, before I, I get into all that God's given me to say to you. Father God, I thank you for your word. You say that it is quick and powerful and sharp. And it goes really deep within us. And so today we're asking that your word, not my words, but your word through me, would do just that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if you ever begin listening to someone talk and all of a sudden you get this drowsy, like, fall asleep feeling. Does it ever happen? Nod at me if it does. You, know, you really want to hear, but just something all of a sudden it's like... And, and I'd like to suggest to you that sometimes that's how the enemy of our souls works to keep us from hearing what God wants to tell us. It's weird, but all of a sudden you get narcoleptic. You're okay during the worship, but then all of a sudden it kind of hits you. And So we want to we want to um, combat that, and it's going to take exactly two minutes. There's a song prayer that I want to sing over you. And once you get the words, if you want it, you can sing it with me if you believe it. But I'm going to sing it over you, okay? Is that okay? A little different. I'm sure Pastor Derek does not sing over you. But <laughs> I don't think he'd mind. Move in this place today. It is my one desire that you would have your way. Touch us, more so we won't be the same. Move in this place today. Move in my place today. It is my one desire that you would have your way. Touch me, Lord, so I won't be the same. Move in this place today. Move in my place today. It is my one desire. It is my one desire that you would have your way. That you would have your way. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord, so I won't be the same. So I won't be the same. Move in this place. Today, dare we ask this chain-breaking God to do something different in us. Heal in this place today. Wherever you're sick, put your hand. This is my one desire that you would have your way. Touch me, Lord. So I won't be the same. Heal. Heal in this place today. Heal in this place. Heal in this place today. It is my one desire. It is my one desire that you would have your way. Touch me, Lord. Touch me, Lord, so I won't be the same. Heal. Heal in this place today. Last one. Deliver. Some of us, we're just stuck. This break every chain thing, it has to do with the things that go in our minds. Some of us have minds that just keep going and they won't shut off. And we can't take control of our thoughts sometimes. And some of us are frustrated about the things that we think. God can touch that. But what he does with that is he delivers. He sets us free. So if that's you this morning, you're struggling, even with anger and and, and things that just, every time you think of a certain situation, you just, uh, you just want to break something. God can touch that. So why don't we ask him? Deliver in this place. Today, it is my one desire,
1: it is
0: my one desire, that you would have your way. Touch me, Lord, so I won't be the same. Deliver in this place, move, move in this place, heal Heal in this place today. The kind of fruit that the spirit produces, the evidence of God at work is kindness. Kindness could be described as this quality of of being friendly or or generous or considerate. It's the idea that there's something that's just... In, in human terms, nice about you. I wonder how many of us here are just generally nice people. Where are the nice people? Yeah? There are a few. You know in the greeting time when you say hello to one another? There's people you just want want to say hello to because, you know, they're going to. Those are the nice people. And then the other people that you think, uh, sh- no, let me go to someone else. <laughs> right? And then the other people. But the evidence of the fruit of the Spirit is kindness, this generous, warm, friendly, considerate kind of person. And some of us, God just did us together and it just comes out of us naturally. And some of us, we have to work at it in one sense or another. And then there's this kindness that is greater than just human character. It's this thing where God comes by the Spirit and, and moves us into overdrive. So we can do some things and be some ways that aren't necessarily natural to the situations that we're in. And that's what the fruit of God working in your life produces, this overdrive. One might say that, that kindness is love in action. You know, some of you are in relationships here, you're married, and, and you say all the time to one another, oh, I love you. Or maybe the longer you've been together is the less you actually use that phrasing. And so it's nice to hear it. We all love to hear it. But then we get frustrated with the people that we're in relationship with because what they said doesn't line up with what they do or who said mean or what they mean. Yeah. It doesn't line up. It's not quite the same thing. But I want to suggest to you this morning that that kindness is love in action. It's what love looks like. How do I know this? The love chapter. Second Corinthians talks about it in verse 13, in chapter 13 verse 4. it says, "Love is kind. And so if we want to see the love of God in action, it comes out in kindness. Can I ask you, is it coming out in kindness in your home? Don't answer. So it's love and action. It comes out of our relationship with God. We can be kinder when we're in relationship with God and working with one another. Kindness doesn't have a hidden agenda. Have you ever had that experience with the people you're related to or you live with that somebody does something nice or a good friend, they do something nice for you and you say, okay, what, what do you want? right the kindness of god that that this fruit this evidence that 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 is produced by us relating to god isn't about a hidden agenda so it's not about making your bed and washing the dog cuz you want to go somewhere or you want to get something or it's close to your birthday or it's close to christmas you know just to make it all good when the time comes for gift giving no that's not kindness because kindness is not about what i can get it's about what i can give it's a softness or a tenderness towards other people maybe you want to take a second and say god inside of me is there a softness is there a tenderness towards other people like anybody like i don't know what your closest supermarket is is it fries yeah walmart good one because everybody goes to walmart you do. And when you get there, the question is, are you kind? Or is there something inside you that's not so soft and like goes through your head is: oh yeah, wait again, there, there's always someone in front of me that's taking way too long. Why didn't they get out their, their debit card before they got to the counter? That warmness, that softness isn't sometimes there for us. And, and, but, but Corinthians tells us that love is kind. I'm, yeah, love is kind. So kindness is love in action. There's a passage of scripture in Colossians that helps us as Christ followers to kind of get a sense of what we're talking about. In Colossians 3.12, it says this, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and peace. Since God has chosen you, Since God has chosen me, since he called me at three years old, I'm supposed to become this kind of person that gets dressed and puts on kindness. Kindness is something you wear. You have to show it to the world. You can't just say, I'm nice. Yeah, what does it look like? Show me. Where is it? So he says we have to do this, but the reason we can be kind is because God loves us and was kind towards us. It's not just kindness out of nothing, it's kindness out of everything He's done for us. Kindness matters to God. I want to read one more passage of Scripture, then tell you a story in Scripture. And then we'll close. But that's like about 10 minutes away, FYI. I try to tell the truth. Ephesians 4.30 says this, important passage of scripture. Maybe you've never thought about it this way. It says, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Don't hurt God's heart by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption, you will get eternal life. So, this is what he asks us to do. Get rid of or take off bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be what? Kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. I know I came to know Jesus young, and you know I hadn't really done anything that bad yet. But I was in need of forgiveness. And since that day when I gave my life to Jesus, I have got it wrong, because human beings do. I did cheat on a test at nine years old. I had to sit outside the class and go through that whole process. And as I was out there, I was more concerned about the fact that God caught me. So, yeah, I did get punished. I sat there outside saying, dear Jesus, please forgive me for, for, for cheating. And do you know what he did? It was gone. So I got in trouble at school. Then I got in trouble at home. But I was already walking in the forgiveness of God. And it's there for you and me. So because God is willing to forgive us, let it go, then we have to be willing to let the stuff go that other people do wrong. We have to be willing to let the stuff go that other people do wrong to us. Why? Because God has forgiven us. So here's the thing. Some of us would say, I am kind. And the person beside, if we took a poll of kindness, many of you would say, yeah, I'm nice, I'm kind. And the people who live in your house with you that might be in this church this morning might think very differently. If they're really bold, they might look at you like... So this passage of scripture helps us out. It tells us what isn't kind. Do those things exist in your relationships in your home today? Anger, bitterness, two different things. Bitterness is like resentment. You're just like bad taste in your mouth to the world. Rage usually comes out. It's an explosion. Anger sometimes is just what's going on inside of you and sometimes it comes out. Harsh words, just in case you don't think that is bad. To God, that's unkind. It's not evidence of his presence in our lives. Hmm. Slander. Saying things about people that aren't true. Getting your brother or sister in trouble just because, you know, it should be their turn to be in trouble. Or the people at work. That's slander. And then just in case we haven't listed your little evil thing, He says, and all types of other evil behaviors. He says, take those off. Don't wear those. Take it off like dirty clothes. And he says, put on kindness. Because he died for you. Because he loves you. And because he forgives you, you can walk in kindness. God's help. All you have to do is ask him for help in this area. I want to tell you a story and give you four simple areas in which we need kindness. First one I want to address is is the fact that kindness is needed, that evidence of God's presence in our life is, is needed when we've been offended or taken advantage of or hurt. Have you ever been there? Yeah, it happens to us. It doesn't matter how old you are or how young you are. Sometimes we get in trouble for things we didn't do. Somebody else did it. And there's no way you can tell. You never get to tell your side of the story. Has that ever happened? It's like, yeah, but it I don't want to hear it. But it's okay because, you see, God knows. God's heard it. And God knows you're innocent. But it's a place where we need that evidence of this fruit of kindness at work in our lives. Paul wrote a simple thing in, in 1 Corinthians 4 13. He talks about times when he'd been offended and poorly treated. And this was his response. He says, When we are slandered, we answer people kindly. We have been we have become the scum of the earth, the garbage of the world, right up to this moment. but well, we, we answer kindly see, that's the overdrive that God gives you when you ask him for it. God, this person really needs a piece of my mind, and five choice words are coming to me right now, but please, please move me into overdrive, Holy Spirit. Give me what I really need to say. Second Samuel 9, verse 1 to 12 is a quick story I want to share with you a simple story about david david was a king but he didn't always get to be the king because the person that was the king before him saul didn't want him to be king he was jealous of him saul had a son and his son jonathan was david's closest friend and they were separated because of saul's anger towards david he wanted him dead because he didn't want david to ever be king God always has a different plan, and you need to know that God's plan will always succeed. David did become king because God said he would be. But it was a hard road. He got kicked out of the kingdom. He was on the run. He had to fight for it. And finally, after all these offenses where he needed to operate on the kindness of God, which he learned how to do, he learned how to be kind. But then, you see, he got to the point where he was on top. He was in the kingdom. He was wearing the crown. He was large and in charge. He had it all. You ever been there? Where for you, you're at the top. Whatever your top is. Maybe you finally are a homeowner, and everybody else in your family is not. Maybe you finally finished university or went to college, and nobody else has. Whatever your top is. Maybe you do have the husband or the wife and the children. You've got it. And everybody else you know does not. David's on the top. And as he's there on the top, he um, has this moment where he realizes that even though I'm at the top and I'm successful, there's somebody I have to be kind. And the kindness of God, this generosity that comes out of us, this warm-heartedness towards other people. Sometimes when we get comfortable, we forget about other people, and that other people in the world are suffering. Who's God talking to you about that he's asking you to show some kindness to? He gets there and he says a simple thing. Is there anybody in my friend Jonathan's household, who is now dead, in King Saul's household, who, who, who tried to kill me. Is there anybody here that I can show kindness to? Is there anyone here that, that I could be nice to? I'm on the top. I won. But is there someone I can show kindness to? One of King Saul's old servants that hadn't died, he was there, and the, the answer to that was yes. There is a guy named Mephibosheth. Hard name to say for me because I have a lisp. But his name was Mephibosheth. And the story about Mephibosheth is that he was lame. He had a disability. He had feet that didn't work. Because in all the war of the kingdom, his, he was a baby and his nurse was carrying him to, to run away and she dropped him. And there was a stampede. It's all in scripture. And he got hurt. Now he's a big man, and his feet don't work. All his brothers, they're dead. But I guess because he has a disability, they just kind of put him on the side and forgot about him. You ever feel like that? little to the side and forgotten? David says, can I show kindness to him? So he calls for Mephibosheth to come. And Mephi- Mephibosheth comes and... The Bible says he bows down. Can you imagine having a problem with your feet and having to bow down to a man who actually could kill you? Just annihilate you. Do whatever he wants to you. And he bows down to him, and, and David's excited to see him. And so the third moment at which kindness is necessary is when you feel shame and guilt. Not you, but somebody else. You see, the Mephibosheth didn't look like everybody else, and he didn't feel good about that. But also, he had a grandfather who just did the most stupid thing in the world. Shameful act, actually, to try and kill David after David had served him so well. You see, his, the story of his life wasn't good. He couldn't change his feet, and he couldn't change who he was related to. That's true of all of us sitting in this room. Some of us have had some horrible things happen to us and nobody can change your story. It's yours. Nobody can take that away. Nobody can erase the past. If your father wasn't great, nobody can change that. You still have his last name. Maybe you have a learning disability and there's nothing you can do to get rid of it. So there's guilt, there's shame, there's this horrible feeling and and Mephibosheth bends down and says, why would you notice a dead dog like me? Why would you bother with me? Some of us here today, that's kind of how we feel about God. God, why would you even give me the time of day? But he does because you're forgiven. He doesn't care about your story. In fact, he wants to make it better and write new chapters with you. As simple as that. So he says all of this, and the whole point is that David wants to show God's kindness to Mephibosheth. And it's hard for Mephibosheth to accept this. But it says in in Second Samuel, I'm sorry, yes, it says in Second Samuel here in verse 5, it says this. So David sent for him, Mephibosheth, brought him, from Machir's home. His name was Mephibosheth. His father was, or he was Jonathan's son and Saul's grandson. And when he came to David, he bowed down to the ground in deep respect for David. Greetings, Mephibosheth. He replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David says. I intend to show show kindness to you because of my promise to your father. I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather Saul, and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, who is your servant that you should notice, that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? That was the end of the story for David. If you read on, you'll see that the only thing that happened next is that David did exactly what he said he, he accepted him he restored him and he provided for him and you're trying to figure out how kindness works, understand that kindness is connecting with people in a way that accepts them and makes a way for them and says what I see of you and what I know of you is not the end of the story What God has planned to do with you, that's the end of the story. Sometimes in our kindness, we never get to see the full process. We only get that one moment to show kindness to someone. But often those moments are the moments that change people's lives. This is what David said in the Psalm. We know it, Psalm 23. It says, surely goodness and mercy. Surely kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Think about it. How has God been kind to you? Have you accepted that kindness of God? The kind of God kindness that says, I forgive you no matter what you've done. I call you my own. I give you life in Jesus. It's kindness. And because you have that life, God has valued you. Evidence is your kindness to others. Today as we close, I believe God is saying to you, have you really accepted my kindness? What Jesus did on the cross? Because you see, for some of us that have those old clothes on, bitterness, harshness, anger, and so on, It's because we really haven't grabbed hold of the kindness that Jesus has showed us. And if you're one of those people, today's a moment when you can say, Jesus, I accept that kindness from you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. It just takes a moment. And when you do that, God comes and he, he takes his place in your life. And out of that, you change. Not immediately, it's a process. And that's yours today. We're going to pray in a moment. And if God is speaking to your heart, that's the prayer you pray that says, Jesus, take control. Others of us here, we're struggling with being kind. We are serving God, but we just can't seem to get it right. Really what we need is for God to break that chain in our heart and our mind. That's you today. When we, when I finish praying and the song begins, if you would like prayer, we would love to pray for you today. I brought my friend Carol, and the two of us would love to pray for you if you need some help getting chains broken in your life. But first, if you'd bow your heads, let's pray. I wonder if there's anyone this morning that says, no, I have not received the kindness of God, and I want to accept his kindness to me today. And if that's you, you could just raise your hand and put it down real quick because we're going to pray together. I see your hand. Is there anyone else that would say, I want to receive the kindness of God, kindness that forgives us. I see your hand. I see yours too. I see yours. And I see yours. I see yours. We're going to pray. And if you've never prayed this prayer before, maybe you want to pray it out loud with me. Dear Jesus, thank you for being kind to me. Thank you for forgiving me thank you for dying on the cross for me I need you Jesus and I accept your kindness to me so come into my heart and fill me with your love and help me to put that love in action by being kind to others. I accept you now, Jesus. I want to pray for you now. You don't have to pray, just let me pray over you. Father God, I thank you for all these people, about seven of them that said today that they want to accept that from you. Father, I thank you for each life here. I thank you for how you love them and you care for them and you desire to work deeply within them. And Holy Spirit, now, the evidence of God's presence in their lives, I ask that you would begin this process of change for your honor and glory. In Jesus' name.